You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is, well, today's Sunday, April 11th. And I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. You're listening to this Monday or maybe a couple days later or whenever you're getting to it. Thanks for listening. And this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Thanks again for joining me. This is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily and a lifelong Minnesota Twins fan, bringing you five days a week coverage on your Minnesota Twins. Well, Twins had a big winner on Thursday and an episode after that game. If you want to hear about the home opener, that was fun. Jose Barrios going to battle and the Twins offense smashing a left-handed pitcher. And Marco Gonzalez talked with Brandon Warren Friday about that win and about more looking forward this season and kind of where the Twins stand in the American League right now after a week plus of play. Uh, that was fun. You know, that was a really fun home opener to have people back at the game. It was certainly uh, fun to see. Uh, people there for the Twins to get a win, for the Twins to hit left-handed pitching, for Mitch Garver to have a big game. There's a lot to like about that. Twins have an off day Friday and come back Saturday to face Yusei Kikuchi with big Mike Pineda on the mound. This was a good matchup for them again, I thought, with a left-handed pitcher. But Kikuchi, you know, hard-throwing left-handed pitcher. A little bit different than Gonzalez. Much different look. Gonzalez, a uh, lot more... You know, kind of slice and dice. He's going to throw some change-ups and cutters and sinkers at you in the high 80s with that sinker. Kikuchi's going to come right at you. 97 with the four-seamer he got up to Saturday. Get you with a cutter inside to righties. Uh, fastball up and away to lefties. I, I thought Kikuchi threw the ball really well. I kind of expected him to. He looked good in his first outing for Seattle. With I think he had a big velocity jump, too. So I expected him to throw the ball well. Big Mike always throws the ball well. So I thought this would be perhaps a lower-scoring game in the cold weather, and it was. It was a 4-3 game, Seattle taking this one. Some big things about this one. Well, number one, Byron Buxton's a monster. Uh, Buxton, another two-hit game, hitting out of the four spot. Three hard-hit balls for him. Nelson Cruz goes yard to right field. Uh, the Twins offense running through those two for the most part thus far, and Luis Arrives, who hit ninth in this game. He went 0 for 4, but... Uh, Cruz and Buxton, outstanding job this thus far this season. Honestly, like Buxton's the best hitter in the world right now, and Nelson Cruz ain't far behind him in terms of just like up to this point in the season. But Byron Buxton is uh, just crushing everything and continue to do that on Sunday. We'll talk about that game in a little bit, but let's let's talk about this one first. Pineda, good start, six innings, two earned, four hits, six strikeouts. Same old Michael Pineda, you know, left a slider up to Hanager uh, that he hit out. And then, uh, you know, I think he got beat with a fastball on a, on a home run as well to uh, Taylor Trammell. But I thought he was really good. Duffy comes in, good inning of work. Colome comes in, not a good inning. <laughs> Colome, okay, so the offense didn't do the Twins many favors Saturday. Like, outside of scoring those two runs off Kikuchi, they just they didn't do much from then on. But this was a winnable game because Big Mike gave him a good start. He put him in a position to win this ball game. Duffy has a nice inning in the seventh. I, I like that Rocco went to Duffy. I actually like that he went to Colome in the eighth here. I thought that was a good move. I was thinking Colome before Colome came in. Just because I looked at this matchup Sunday and I, I really liked their pitching matchup Sunday and Randy Dobnek's rested. Like if you need some long relief on Sunday, I thought the offense would, would get to Chris Flexen and he was right. They did on Sunday. So I like that he went to the, his highest leverage guys and Duffy Coleman and Rogers in a, you know, a ball game that they were leading two to one, but 
he goes to column A. I liked this decision, so the process I liked, and I want to guard myself from hindsight bias. There was an interesting spot here, and this is we're seeing early on some spots that Rocco's getting thrown into. Uh, but there's a runner on second and two outs in the inning, one or two outs in the inning. Kyle Seeger's up. You got two lefties coming up. Seeger's one of them. Marmalejos is the other, hitting fourth. And Colomay's still in the game. And I don't hate this matchup. I don't hate Alex Colomay, uh, you know, against the left-handed hitter. But the reason that I don't like it in this situation is Kyle Seeger's the best hitter in that lineup. He happens to be left-handed, and it looks a lot like Christian Yelich in the Brewers lineup last weekend. Kyle Seager's not Christian Yelich, but Kyle Seager's a guy who's had a really great career from the left side. A family, a ton of respect for that family. Corey Seager in Los Angeles is a superstar. Uh, Seager, Kyle, his older brother, uh, is also a really good left-handed hitter, but he's the best hitter in this lineup, I think. And he comes up with a runner on second with an opportunity to tie this ballgame at two, and he rips a single up the middle off Colomay, and you know, again, you, it's much easier to say, hey, I wish he would have done something different when, uh, you know, when he gives up a hit. But I, I thought it was questionable that Taylor Rogers didn't come in at that point. Rogers said post game he, he got up a little late in order to get in this one, but that's not a pass to Rocco. It doesn't mean that, oh, then it, it, it's okay. No, you should have gotten him up earlier, you know, probably if you wanted to go to him in that spot. I don't, I don't care if Taylor Rogers faces Marmalejos as much as I do Kyle Seeger. Like, I don't even know who Jose Marmalejos is. He's hitting 182 this year through Saturday. So I just I, I don't think that that's the matchup that you're thinking about. You're thinking about getting the best hitter in the lineup out. I thought they did a tremendous job after learning their lesson Thursday, Colome, bad pitch to Yelich, of getting Christian Yelich out. Going to Taylor Rogers in the seventh inning last Saturday after Jose Brios' six no-hit innings, I thought was a decision that I think was calculated. And he thought, look at this guy. It's Christian Yelich. Obviously a ton of respect for him. I don't think there should be equal amount of respect to Kyle Seager in, in the way that it is to an MVP like Christian Yelich or a you know perennial MVP candidate. But it's similar in a way, just given his his um, you know prowess compared to the rest of this lineup, I think you have to look at that matchup and say, we want the best matchup late inning in a close game. We're going to put ourselves in a position where we want Taylor Rogers facing Kyle Seager, much like they wanted uh, Taylor Rogers to face Christian Yelich. And Colome faces him, and he gives up a hit up the middle. And, again, it's it's so easy to say in hindsight that they should have gone to Taylor Rogers, But they either should have walked Seager, gave him first base, or gone to Rogers there. I think there were there were two options that were better than, than what they chose, which was to let Colome pitch to him. And devil's advocate, Colme, really good against left-handers, gets in on those lefties with his cutter. He'll break bats with it. And is there off-season signing a guy who's been a really, really good closer for the Chicago White Sox the last two years? I I understand it early on, but I think this is something that Rocco's going to learn from, and I didn't love that decision. That would not be it for Kyle Seager. Twins drop this one 3-2, to two, losing extra innings. Uh, you know, after that hit that he had to tie this one, it's just a toss-up with that extra innings rule. But I think the Twins will win a lot of extra innings games this year, as Rocco said. Um, and this one just wasn't one of those. I thought this game was lost as Seager had that base hit up the middle, unfortunately. Let's talk about Sunday's game after this word from betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports needs. 
You know, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. There are real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON. Yeah, and football is over, but listen, March Madness is one of the best times of the year to play and to bet. And betonline.ag has a really easy-to-use platform. Uh, it's easy to navigate, and you can bet on futures for Major League Baseball, too. If you think the Twins are going to win the, the Central, if you think the Twins are going to win the World Series, you can bet on both those things. If you think Josh Donaldson's going to win MVP, you can bet on that, too. Use promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag. Sunday, Twins come back out, smash spot. Opportunity to take their third series in a row to start the year. Chris Flexen, a right-hander on the hill for Seattle, facing off against Matt Shoemaker, who looked really good in Detroit in his first start for the Twins. Uh, comes back out in his second start, his first start at Target Field, and and breezes through five innings, basically, with that awesome splitter. Uh, through again, a bad lineup outside of, of Kyle Seeger. Rocco trots him out for the sixth. We'll get to the offense in just one second, but Rocco trots him out for the sixth. Twins have a 6 nothing lead. Third time through the order, so that's a consideration. Kyle Seeger's coming up again, the best hitter in the lineup, and it's it's a not a good platoon matchup, even if Shoemaker has a great splitter to get lefties out. It's it's a right-hander throwing to a good left-handed hitter. And uh, Shoemaker gives up a home run earlier in the inning, makes the game 6-1. to one. Uh, More base runners. You know, you got guys I think it was first and second. Seeger's back up. And, again, in that spot, I think you look elsewhere. <laughs> I just – I don't think – Considering the difference between Seager and the the rest of the guys in this lineup, I just don't think you take that chance, especially after you learn on Saturday, uh, perhaps not to take that chance. They do, and he he beats them for a three-run home run. That wouldn't be the end of Seager. The Twins' offense spotted the the pitching staff six runs against a a bad lineup. And so, you know, it's hard to blame the offense. Did they get a little cold in the late innings? Yes. But, again, they got a 6-0 lead. I, I thought that was more than enough early on at least through the first five innings to kind of shut the door and just ice the Mariners in this game. Byron Buxton again, he just keeps doing it. He just keeps doing it over and over. Three for four, home run, two run double, drives in four. Amazing game. Four hard hit balls. He's hitting 481 this year when leading all of baseball with a 1,734 OPS. Leading baseball in weighted runs created plus. Tied for first in Fangraphs. Wins above replacement. Byron Buxton healthy is among the best, and and we just keep seeing it on a daily basis. He's a special, special player. Luis Arise, two for three, two walks, doing what he does at the top of the lineup, hitting 357 this year, 957 OPS. And then you got some of the scrubs. Down below, Miguel Sano hitting 091, 432 OPS. He was 0 for 3 today with a strikeout and a walk. I don't think it's necessary that Sano looks like he's getting beat by a lot of stuff. He's just, he's not, he's getting fastballs and he's getting sliders that are hanging and he's following them back, or he's popping them up a million miles into the air. He's just not... He's not making that hard contact that we're used to seeing, but I would bet that he will soon. I understand the frustration. I'm a Miguel Sano truther, and I understand what he can be when he's great, and that's someone who can carry an offense by himself, and we saw that for uh, almost a month last year in August, but he's also someone who, when he's down and when he's not hitting the ball, when he's not making contact, when he's not making hard contact, can be just a hole in your lineup, a hole in the middle of your lineup. I understand both sides of it. I understand the frustration. I understand the the love for Miguel Sano and his his ability to hit the baseball. 
but right now he's he's no good, and it's it's not helping the Twins' offense. Neither is Jake Cave hitting 143. He's over four today with two two strikeouts. Uh, had a hard hit ball, but 404 OPS on the year. Cave making more and more of a case for Alex Kirilov soon, but Cave's kind of a slow starter. My mom actually texted me that today. My mom likes Jake Cave. She said uh, he started slow last year and ended up uh, hitting the ball late. He did, you know. With that that shorter season, you never know how it would have played out over 162. But he did have a slow start. Again, I get the the Jake Cave, not liking Jake Cave, but this is a guy in his career who's hit right-handed pitching really well. So I never mind him hitting seventh, eighth, or ninth against a right-handed starter, and he did today. Like I'm, it's not outrage for me in any case. Jorge Polanco though, hitting second looks to be uh, more and more like another hole in the lineup. He's hitting 125, 361 OPS. He's one for five today. Polanco needs to be moved out of the two hole. I think it's it's clear, and there's a guy potentially who's going to take his spot. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, exciting, the Twins could be getting their big bat back or one of their big bats back. But Rocco leaves Shoemaker in there to face Seager for a third time, and Seager gets him for a three run home run and, and makes this game six to four. I thought that was uh, the second mistake uh, when facing Kyle Seager, and it's not that Kyle Seager is Juan Soto. It's not that Kyle Seager is Christian Yelich from last weekend. It's that Kyle Seager is the best hitter in this lineup, and he happens to be left-handed. And Matt Shoemaker is right-handed. He's seen him for a third time, and he's tired, and it's cold. And I don't love the decision to keep him in to face uh, Kyle Seager for the third time. Hindsight, 2020, it's a three-run home run. Twins still in, in a comfortable, you know, it's a 6-4 game. Now it's it's much closer, but, um, you know, that's that's not a matchup that you love either a third time through the order. So the Twins have that 6-4 lead. I mentioned the offense kind of shut down at that point. I don't know, they might have been a little shocked that uh, that lead was was kind of blown in a way. But uh, Rocco goes to Stashak. He goes to Thielbar. He goes to Robles. He goes to Colomay. And this thing blew up with Colomay in the ninth inning. Twins with a 6-5 lead going into the top of the ninth. Let's talk about what happened next and what I think of it after this word from Bilt Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar has 12 original flavors, but they've added six new flavors as well. And these improved Built Bars are even deliciouser. Plus, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, full of protein, full of fiber, and great for a keto diet. The peanut butter bar, only five grams of net carbs for a type one diabetic like me. That is huge. Plus, right now, Bilt Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So, listen closely. You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. If you go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you also get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. My favorite flavors include the coconut almond, the peanut butter, the banana bread. Use promo code LOCKED15 at BiltBar.com. Alex Colomay comes into the night. Twins offseason signing, like their their primary offseason signing in the bullpen, uh, comes in. And my buddy told me, like my I've said this on the show before, but my buddy, White Sox fan, actually broke his leg this weekend. So thoughts and prayers out to his leg. He had surgery. He's doing well. But he told me that he thinks Alex Colomay signed with the Minnesota Twins to blow games on purpose in favor of the Chicago White Sox. Colomay coming from Chicago as uh, an elite closer the last two years. And uh, it's starting to look more true. Alex Colomay comes in, 6-5 lead in the ninth inning. And you got Seager coming up. It's the top of the lineup, Hanager, uh, Ty France, and Kyle Seager coming up. And uh, Rocco goes to Colomay. 
I don't know. I thought it was a little curious. I think they didn't want to go to Taylor Rogers on back-to-back days. That's a split that has not worked in Rogers' favor for his career. But I, I was of the opinion that, like, the coaching staff, especially in 2019, and Rocco thought, like, that was more of a sample size thing than it was, like, an actual trend of Rogers struggling on back-to-back days. But they didn't go to him anyway. I don't know, you know, if it's that he threw more than an inning on Saturday. And I don't know if that's uh, if that's the case, but he goes back to Colme, which I thought was a bold move, like putting Colme back out there in that spot. But this could be one of those things where you see that maybe they need some bullpen help on the back end, and, and Rocco's kind of illuminating that. Alex Colme is illuminating that, frankly. This is, this is not, even with Seager coming up, I think these are three good hitters. I don't think that this is uh, this is an easy ninth inning, but yeah, you do feel good with a six-five lead hitting the ball to Alex Colome in the ninth inning as as much as he's struggled since becoming a twin, and he just didn't get it done. You know, two hard-hit singles to lead off the inning. Seager comes up, three-run home run, just poetic justice, four for four day, two home runs for Kyle Seager. This one to me, if the argument is that they didn't want to go to Rogers on back-to-back days, and that they trust Alex Colme, which I guess I'm fine with. Alexander Colme, excuse me, that's his preference. Uh, AC, I like to call him. Despite the struggles, I can live with that. I think there were worse mistakes this weekend that were made. At that point, you just got to pitch, man. Like, you just you just got to make the pitches. Even with runners on first and second, like, you just got to make a pitch. And and even if it is, like, you you leave something down and over the middle a little bit, and it's laced in the left field for a single... That's so much different than leaving a cutter middle-middle on the inner half of the plate to a good left-handed hitter, and he crushes it for a three-run home run. That pitch was so telegraphed. It's just a terrible pitch. And Nick Nelson wrote in his weekend review, he does a great job, uh, twinsdaily.com, his weekend reviews. Go check that out. But it was like the exact same pitch that Colomay threw to Yelich on opening day, like almost the same pitch. Uh, just bad. Hung up there. I thought this one was worse, actually. It, it hung more on the inner half of the plate. He just doesn't have the velocity on the cutter to get away with that. Uh, you know, he will jam guys, like I said, and you don't want to fall victim to this is one at bat and one guy. So he will jam a lot of lefties with that. But Seeger was geared up, and he beat him. Three-run home run. And it was just like, oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me right now? And there were, there's calls for Colomay to be cut or whatever. He's got a 675 ERA now. So I didn't hate that. If the again, that's only if the argument is that they didn't want to go to Rogers on back to back days or his arm sore. We don't know. You know, we don't know what the deal is. But if Rogers was available, like I would have liked to probably go to Rogers there to start that inning. It is righty righty lefty. So again, that's it. That's another thing. But I thought there were bigger mistakes. I didn't. I didn't gripe about this one as much. I thought they mishandled facing Kyle Seeger for a lot of this series, just kind of underestimating his ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark and hit the ball hard. All four of his hits today were hard hit for Seeger. They let him beat him. The, the Twins let Kyle Seeger beat them Saturday and Sunday, certainly. Just not putting themselves in the best matchups really at all uh, In when Seeger was at the plate. So I, I don't hate that that Alex Colome was in the game there. But I think there were there were maybe better options. Hanzo Robles for a second inning, maybe. I, I don't know how much his experience he has in doing that or how the Twins feel about that. But that was an option. You know, I'd, I want to trust Alex Colomay. Like, he's a big part of this bullpen. He's got to be good for them this year. And he gives up four. He gives up four hits today. They're all hard hit. I think they were all over 99 miles an hour. And one of them just ices the game. And <laughs> that was it for the Twins. 
it was a tough way to finish the series at home, your first home series. Mama said there'd be days like this. And we look ahead. Four-game series with Boston. The Red Sox coming to town. It's old friend Martin Perez Monday facing off against Jay Happ. Tuesday, Kenta Maeda, Nathan Uvalde. Wednesday is uh, Jose Barrios facing off against Eduardo Rodriguez, a left-hander. And then Thursday will be Michael Pineda uh, going against Garrett Richards. I think the Twins have the advantage in almost every one of those matchups. I think uh, with their three best starters going in a four-game series, you'd hope that they can take three out of four, especially if they can win Monday's game with Hap on the mound and a red-hot Red Sox offense. Like, this is going to be a fun series. I think it's going to be a high-scoring series. Or maybe not with the Twins. Um, throwing their big guns out there but just how good this Red Sox offense has been I think there's a a chance that this could be a high scoring series I like all these matchups for the Twins in terms of Perez especially if Donaldson's back and talk about Donaldson a little bit sim game today I think his final line was three for six in St. Paul sounds like everything went great he could be back Monday if not Monday it sounds like Tuesday he'll be huge you know slot into that two roll push Polanco down and then not only that you can now have Luis Arise in left field uh, and replace Jake Cave. So that's just two big things that happen in your lineup for two guys that are struggling. Actually, three guys because then Miguel Sano moves down the lineup to make room for Donaldson, um, you know, and, and a rise because they'll both be higher potentially in the lineup. So that helps out a lot. I think his his impact is great, not only just what he can do at third base and with the bat. I think Luis Arise has looked pretty good at third, but he's not Josh Donaldson. Uh, not only what he can do, but also slotting him into that two-hole, two pushing Polanco down the lineup, pushing Sano down the lineup, and pushing Cave out of the lineup for a little bit, uh, and keeping a rise in left field will help out as well, just to make it longer, make it deeper, make it you know more flush with guys who have, who have been hitting the ball. So hopefully Donaldson is uh, good to go in 100% Monday or Tuesday or both days. Uh, th- these are good matchups for the Twins. Perez, you know, Yavaldi. These are hittable guys. Eduardo Rodriguez, I love. I, I'm actually hoping the Twins sign him this offseason. Coming back from myocarditis, I think he's still getting back to full strength. I, I still like that matchup against the left-hander. And then uh, Garrett Richards has trouble throwing strikes on Thursday, a free agent signing for the Red Sox. Good matchups across the board. If they can win Monday, I think uh, I think you're going to really like where this series heads for the Twins. Uh, we'll have an episode after the game Tuesday, so enjoy that and enjoy the first two games of this series. Uh, excited. Follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow me, uh, my show, at Lockdown Twins. And thank you for listening today to Lockdown Twins. The sky isn't falling, but sometimes it feels like it. It's a long season. Hang in there, Twins fans. Thanks again. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.